Hello and welcome to the Cape and Cowl podcast. I believe this is episode 10 we're on now, so it's about two and a half months worth of episodes, but it's definitely taken a lot more time than that in between. Um, to be honest with you, the game itself has kind of been chugging along nicely. We're getting weekly comics, um, but comics aren't quite enough to have a full episode on, and the meta hasn't really changed all that much, so I haven't really wanted to make just a here's more Batman kind of episode. Um, but I recently finished my World's Finest Climb last week, so I figured it'd probably be a pretty good time to talk about my climb, what I used, what I thought, and then, like I've done in the past, we'll take a look at the data and just review what my own personal data was, and then I've, you know, aggregated my data with some other people, and we'll go over that data as well. So, the climb. Um, I guess we'll start with the changes to Ranked. Um, for anyone who's not aware, the changes as far as earning, I'm going to call them pips, the little dots over your ranks, that has not changed at all up until the plat rank. So once you hit plat, instead of getting two pips per win and four when you're on fire, you get one pip per win, lose one pip per loss, and you get two pips when you are on fire. This obviously makes the climb significantly more we're going to say longer, more challenging. Use the word, whichever word you prefer. Um, it increases the amount of time and effort required to um, hit World's Finest. And I don't think it is unheard of or unlikely that there will be a good amount of people who hit World's Finest in the past that will not hit World's Finest this season. Part of that is... Previously, your world's your uh, win rate only needed to be like 35-40% to hit world's finest. And now you need obviously a more than 50% win rate um, unless you like fully optimize your on-fire streaks, which you can't really control. Um, at first, I thought that was a really bad change. Um, not because I'm against more difficult climbs to world's finest. Like, I think it took me one extra play session than it normally would, so it's not like it really slowed me down all that much. Um, but I was against it because there are a good amount of rewards tied to laddering in this game. Not that they are, like, essential for building your collection or anything like that, but more so, like, a just completionist perspective. There's two different cosmetics tied to rank rewards every season, and one of them, I believe, is the rank 5 reward, the card back. Um, so it's definitely a shame if some people wanted to get those rewards, but were unable to for, you know, laddering reasons. Um, so I was, I was against the change overall, um, when I first heard it and when I was playing a bit of the season. But after completing my World's Finest Climb, my opinion has changed slightly. Um, and we're going to kind of break this down to chunks. So the first thing I think, no matter what, whether they change the pips or don't change the pips, or they go back to the old system or they tweak this system, I think they should change the card back and move that back to hitting platinum. Meaning you can get all of the cosmetic rewards for hitting platinum on the old quote unquote ranking system. You don't need to do the harder climb. You can get all cosmetics just by playing up to platinum. And then, you know, Platinum Plus will be, you know, your card backs, your, your card packs, I should say, and other things like that. So I think that's one change they should make no matter what. Um, other than that, could they, you know, tweak the on fire to be two pips instead of one? Sure, but I don't think it's going to make a difference in general. 
I really just think for me personally, it wasn't so much that the system changed or that the grind was increased or anything like that. I think what made it feel more painful for me personally was the meta. And what I mean by that is we've had basically the same meta since season one. And there was some slight, you know, shuffling season one when the Beetle cards released. But even then, like, most of the cards that, or most of the decks that started seeing play season one, with uh, the exception of Flash Doomsday, which just burst onto the scene, like, at season one, everything else kind of, like, had been played forever. Bat Ivy has been played since, you know, closed beta. Aquabat's been played since closed beta. Batman Shazam wasn't as popular, but still played closed beta. Um, so the meta hasn't really changed since then. So, basically, for me, it was the lack of variety that made the enhanced grind feel even more miserable. Like, I feel like if the meta had shifted, there was a big balance change at the start of the season, the climb would have felt a lot less bad to me. And I think that's where I wound up. If the rank changes as a whole are good, I approve of them. But I don't think they should have made these changes without moving the cosmetic backwards and without making meaningful changes to the meta that has not seen changes. Largely, you know, I tried track tracking. This season I saw a couple more cards um, in terms of the, the mini set because people have already been playing a ton of inmates. So some Suicide Squad members that can go into an inmate stack just kind of makes sense. So I saw a couple people messing around with the new cards, but even then, still almost nobody. Last season, I saw nobody playing the new cards besides uh, Flash Doomsday playing Trick or Treat, because obviously Aquabat didn't really get many new cards, and um, you can maybe throw a Frankenstein in there. But in general, these top meta decks haven't gotten new cards from these mini sets. So rather than even attempt to experiment, people are just going to keep slapping Aquabat forever. So. I agree with the developers' core ambitions. Their core design philosophy is rather than nerfing, they would rather shake the meta up through the release of new cards. In general, I think that is a very noble and I think the correct mindset to have in a card game. However, Dual Force gets more cards more often than basically any other card game. We get 10 per month plus an additional four from comics, um, obviously, other more established card games get like their pack expansions, but um, you gotta assume we're getting one soon enough. But in general, we get 14 new cards per month. Which means, since the launch of Ranked, we have gotten, at a minimum, 42 new cards. Now, some of those cards went right into all of the existing Batman decks and just made them stronger. So yes, we see some new cards, but we did not see any kind of meta shift. We just saw the best stuff get better. Season 2. Nobody played any of the Halloween cards besides Trick or Treat going right into Flash Doomsday. So, zero meta effect besides one of the most commonly seen decks getting slightly better. Season 3. Suicide Squad cards. Now, I will concede that they are missing a little bit of support to really fully come together. And the other unfortunate side of the coin is they don't have really their own deck as much as they just piggyback off of inmates. So, season three, you see almost new, no new cards besides inmates, which was already getting very popular because of the buff to... Well, inmates has always been popular. It got more powerful with the buff to Mad Hatter, 
So Inmates was already one of the more popular decks in the game forever. It just got a little bit better with some new Suicide Squad cards and some cards getting the Suicide Squad tag. No meaningful meta shift. In that time, we also got two new leaders in Batman Who Laughs and Zod. I saw a little bit of Zod this season. Almost no Batman Who Laughs. And in general, zero effect on the meta. So, what happens now, in my opinion, is you've had three months, essentially, of trying to make shifts through introducing new cards. And it has not worked. There have been some minor buffs and some minor nerfs during that time frame, but not anything major enough to actually shake up the meta. At this point, I think you have to intervene. You cannot just keep waiting and waiting to introduce new cards and hoping that they'll make a change because it's not working. And one of the worst things you can do as a card game is have a stale meta for too long. And we're kind of getting very close to that point. So hopefully we can fix that. That's enough about the climb in the meta in general, though. Let's talk about my climb. I climbed mainly with Harley Wonder Woman aggro, the same deck that I used last season. Um, that was probably about half of my games. Um, it took me 134 games total to go from whatever one we get set back to. Was it rank 20? Rank 25? Something like that. It took me 134 games. I believe 77 of those were with Harley Wonder Woman aggro. No, 63. So just about half. And then out of my remaining, you know, 60-something, I played 18 with Superman Zod. And I played 23 with um, Harley Ivy Magical Spells. So that basically accounts for almost all of my climb. That's an additional 41 plus the 60-something. That's leaving, you know, like 20-something games unaccounted for just with, we'll say, other you know, I played a little bit of Harley Batgirl Discard, a little bit of Harley Zatanna Midrange Aura, but not enough to have a meaningful sample size of any of them. Um, my final win rate with my top deck, which was Harley Wonder Woman, that was a just about 70% win rate. And surprisingly, well not surprisingly because this is kind of held true from last season as well, a uh, very favorable matchup into Flash Doomsday. I had five wins, two losses uh, with that specific deck against Flash Doomsday for a 71.4% win rate. Uh, against Aquabat, I went three wins, one loss for a 75% win rate. And against Batman Shazam, we went five wins, one loss for an 83% win rate. The worst matchups, although I, I say worst, but there wasn't enough of a sample size to say for sure. Uh, but my lowest matchup was... 1-2 against Batman Ivy for a 33% win rate, and 0-2 oh against Joker Zatanna for a, obviously a 0% win rate. Um, but those were basically my most losses. We also went 2-2 two two against uh, Obi-John's Hammerheads, um, Harley Aquaman, uh, so we were 50% against that. So basically, uh, this Harley Wonder Woman deck, I don't know whether we'll say I've just become very accustomed to using it and thus I've gotten better at it, or if it does truly match up well with the meta, it has favorable win rates against basically every popular deck in the game besides Batman Ivy. I per personally see Batman Ivy the least out of the most popular decks, so I don't really have a lot of data on that collected. So, as a whole, you know, I saw a couple pieces of variety. You know, once in a while you'll see someone playing the odd combination, you know, a Batman Doomsday, a Green Arrow Zod, 
but a lot of those are just one-offs that you never see again, and for the most part, you're seeing all of the other stuff. Um, similar trends have held true with the uh, data I collected for Superman Zod and for um, Ivy Zatanna spells. Now, where does that leave us overall? Our overall stats, these are just my stats, not the aggregated stats. The most popular factions ranking, starting at least popular, meaning I saw this faction the least, was energy at 30.6%. Now, these percentages are, what was the percent chance that at least one of the two leaders my opponent was using was this leader or this uh, faction? Inside of energy, we had Flash at 11.9%. That was almost entirely Flash Doomsday. So basically, Flash sees no play besides Flash Doomsday. But he was still the most popular energy leader I ran into. Then we had Shazam at 10.45%. Zatanna at 8.2%. And Hal Jordan at 2.2%. Hal Jordan is tied for the second least popular leader. Forward from there, the second least seen faction was, surprisingly, Might. Might was at 32.09%. However, in Might's gameplay, it was basically entirely Aquaman sitting at 22.39%. Meaning, if I randomly queue up into the ladder, there is almost a 25% chance that I'm going to see Aquaman in some capacity. Then we have Wonder Woman at 5.22% and Superman at 4.48%. The next least seen faction was Tyranny at 35.82%. Another one with a large market share coming with one leader with Ivy at 19.4%. From there we have Zod at 8.2%. Pretty respectable, uh, respectable numbers for a new leader. Then we have Lex at 4.48% and Black Adam at a slightly shocking 3.73%. Not that that is commonly played, but still higher than a lot of the leaders that I would have probably put above Black Adam. After that, we have Anarchy. Uh, Anarchy actually has a decent split. It sits at 39.55%. Most popular leader there is Doomsday at 14.93%. Doomsday, again, mostly from Flash Doomsday. Then we have Harley at 14.18%. Joker at 8.96%. And Batman Who Laughs at 1.49%. That means, and that makes, Batman Who Laughs the least popular leader in the game at 1.49%. If I play 100 games of DC Duel Force, I expect to see Batman Who Laughs once, maybe twice. Not good. Finally, most popular faction, unsurprisingly, is Tactics at 45.52%. Again, that means if I randomly queue into a DC Dual Force match, I have almost a 50% chance of playing against Tactics. In there, we have Batman at 34.33%. His number is going up every season, surprisingly. Cyborg at 5.22%. Batgirl at 3.73%. In Green Arrow, tied for second least, most, most popular leader at 2.24%. Now, what these numbers mean is 
Forgetting the rest of tactics, just Batman alone, you are more likely to run into Batman than you are might as a whole. You are more likely to run into Batman than you are energy as a whole. You are about as likely to run into Batman as you are tyranny as a whole. Anarchy is only a couple percentage points more likely than seeing just Batman. Those numbers get worse when I aggregate them. Batman's play percent goes up once I add other players' stats into mine. Aquaman's percentage goes up, Ivy's percentage goes up. The leaders that I've been saying are the three best leaders in the game are only getting more popular the more data I collect. Honestly, even if, and now I'm not going to spend this whole time talking about why I think Batman and tactics are too good, even if they weren't, even if they were perfectly balanced, in a card game, any single leader having a almost 40% pick rate is enough reason for a nerf, in my opinion. If you look at other card games with a similar structure of, you know, leader, hero type things, it's a little different in Dual Force because you play two leaders, so you, you know, you have a increased rate of seeing somebody. But with 19 leaders in the game right now, um, I think we have 19, 19 or so, um, you would expect if everything was perfectly balanced, you would see each leader at like, you know, let's say between five and nine percent, you know, plus or minus, you know, for, you know, variance. They'd probably be on average about seven percent each. So we'll say between five and nine percent to call a leader in the ideal range of pick rate. Now, honestly, not many leaders fall into that. There's a lot that are close. Like, you have your Lex at 4.71%. That's close enough to 5%. Uh, Green Arrow at 3.99%. These are my aggregate stats. Um, so things like that, you're close to 5%. Um, so 5 to 9% is a sweet spot. You have some that are a little bit too low. Um, but the, the bigger thing is your outliers of Batman at 34%. Aquaman at almost 24%, Ivy at 20%. These are, you know, on average, two to three times higher than you would want in an ideal pick rate. Batman almost four to five times higher than you would want in an ideal pick rate, if not more. So that's like if you were playing Hearthstone and just Druid was being picked like 40% of the time. Like, that alone is enough to warrant a nerf because the the monotony of playing against the same thing over and over again makes people want to not play the game. So I think as I'm collecting more stats, it's showing that not only are these leaders and some of their factional cards probably too strong, um, but changes are long overdue. And I really hope that we're going to see some changes come in very soon. Um, because if we have to do this same thing again next season, I'm probably going to cry. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, that, that's all I really wanted to cover for today's episode with some of my stats on my climb. Uh, also, I guess put out a general PSA. If you are the type of player that tracks your individual win rate, not win rates, your individual rates of playing against particular leaders and all that, I would love to receive your data and aggregate that together. Um, moving into next season, I believe Shopkeeper's Dog 
made like a kind of unified template for tracking that uh, hopefully I can get a bunch of people to use and it'll make it a lot easier to aggregate data. Uh, but yeah, let me know what you guys think down below of the climb, the ranked changes, as well as what you're seeing from the meta and how you feel about it. Um, we'll have some more topics coming in the coming weeks. Um, also some more guests coming on the show soon enough. Uh, so thank you all so much for watching and or listening, I should say. And I'll see you guys next time.